Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where we have a home game, a divisional game, a primetime game against the Cleveland Browns, where we're hoping that the Ravens can get a win here, because I think with the fact that they have a bye after this and they play us again, that next one away is going to be much more challenging. So let's break it down, Peter and Chris. How are we going to approach this game? Is it a must win for the Ravens? I think yeah, because of what you just said. If if the Ravens lose this game, it's it's kind of like losing two. That this is the home game. Uh, the Browns are very beat up. They may have some guys back from injury by this time, the three weeks from now. Divisional game. The Ravens are, you know, they're seven and three, but they're zero and one in the division right now. Only one game lost. But you, when you're stringing them together like this in the AFC North, there's these physical matchups. I don't think it's it's you know really that out there to say that this game is maybe not necessarily must win, but a very important game. Uh, certainly more important than than some of the ones that have come recently uh, for the Ravens and their uh, hopes of positioning themselves as a high seed in the playoffs this year. Yeah, the only thing that makes me feel that it may not be a must win game is honestly really the health of Baker Mayfield. We know that he's been dealing with a shoulder injury and really hasn't been himself since acquiring that. I can't remember what week that was, week five or six. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, um, but it's been a while. He's been sort of playing through this and kind of toughening out. I, I guess he could have gone for season-ending surgery, decided not to do that. So it's still kind of in this position where he's playing through it, but sometimes like just hasn't been up to uh, where he has been, particularly with the beginning of the season. So with that, like... Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be good for us to get the win now. I mean, certainly, you know, with him having an extra week in between uh, to be able to heal up a little bit more, I think we'll have a better shot, I think, this week, um, you know, to be able to do some damage. You know, with his injury, I guess if the Browns decide to keep him in while he's playing through that and he doesn't get better, it, it feels like maybe about the same to me. But it's it's still definitely a wild card. I mean, we don't know exactly how he's going to perform and you know what the coaching staff is going to do. I think they're still trying to figure out uh, how to adapt this offense. But uh, I got to say, even you know, regardless of what Baker's health is like, I think the Ravens' number one priority has to be stopping Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh, because they are definitely going to be the engine that keeps the Browns on track. Yeah, definitely. I, Chubb has had monster games against the Ravens even last year in that uh, Monday night thriller Chubb had a lot of big runs early in that game and continued to throughout uh, Kareem Hunt who I know I've said is is overrated he does seem to have good games against the Ravens um, I think he's expected to play Sunday even though he's been out uh, for a couple couple games reading it right now on ESPN.com Stefanski is hopeful Hunt will play um, so yeah, Hunt's a question for this game, and honestly, I think Baker's a question for this game as well. The guy is, from the film that I was able to watch before we did this episode, uh, the past two games, he does not look like himself. He is throwing errant balls, overthrowing receivers, giving defense easy picks, listening to some local Browns podcasts, reading some pod- some articles. Uh, the fan base seems seriously split onto whether or not they want Baker to even play through this injury. So I heard several consider, you know, maybe this team would be better giving a healthy Case Keenum a chance over uh, Baker at what he is, how he can currently play right now. 
it's it's obviously admirable what he's doing. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's got to be a huge amount of pain he's going through. Uh, so you can't question the guy's toughness. But right now, he does not. You know, whether or not you're a fan of of Baker Mayfield or not, I think that the the opinion on him is pretty split throughout the NFL fan base. But even if you're not not a fan of him, he doesn't he does not look like what we've seen to expect from Baker the past couple of years um, when we do see him healthy and, and get a little hot. Yeah, it's an interesting problem they have over there. I think uh, he's playing through this injury. Obviously, you got to tip your hat off to that. But at the same time, I think he's getting frustrated by the lack of appreciation for it. Um, he had some comments during his presser talking about the fans who were, you know, making a bunch of noise when they're trying to operate on offense and, you know, kind of being mad at uh, how the fans have been treating the team. So I feel like even with uh, OBJ being run out of town, there's definitely some uh, issues in that locker room, it seems, with just, like, morale. And I think they're a a team that can be beaten, that might be uh, distracted, you know, not not fully on their game. So not just because I think the Ravens should be able to beat them uh, and be able to perform, but... It seems like they got some things working against them internally. Well, injuries are certainly part of it, um, and as well as just, like you said, internally, uh, everyone knows about Odell Beckham, no longer with the Browns, now on the Rams after disagreements between him and, and Baker. Obviously, the, the franchise is going to side with the quarterback that they spent a first overall pick on, so <laughs> OBJ is no longer there. And honestly, what's left for the Browns from the receiving standpoint is, is a very pedestrian group of guys uh Jarvis Landry has been around for a bit he's the definition of a possession receiver although the Browns as we saw last week with the with the rushing touchdown Landry had on the fake pass um they can use some some trick plays with him uh so that's something the Ravens should keep an eye out for Austin Hooper I I guess if there's if you such thing as a possession tight end that would you kind of he would be the prototypical guy for that uh, he's got reliable hands, but really isn't a guy who's going to do anything after the catch more often than not with it. Um, not a particularly special athlete. The guys I think the Ravens would have to worry about, you know, we've seen it with Albert Wilson, with the Dolphins, Marquise Goodwin last week with the Bears. Uh, these secondary options, uh, Rashad Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, Peoples-Jones didn't play last week. Uh, I think he's questionable for Sunday. Both those guys are, are have the speed uh, to give Westry, Stevens, the younger guys in the secondary, uh, some fits, as we've seen recently. So honestly, for me, obviously the run game is a concern, but when we're talking about the passing game, if Baker can even get the ball out, or if they do go with Keenum, those two speed guys, Higgins and Peoples-Jones, are the guys that I'm most concerned about how this defense matches up with. Yeah, you definitely hope that the Ravens are able to get Anthony Averett back for this game. I know it was a, I guess it was a sort of last minute uh, add to the injury report with him and, and Miles Boykin and a few other people. So yeah, I'm hoping that uh, he'll definitely be back. We could definitely use him. I agree with you, Peter. I think Peoples Jones is one of those guys. I think I would keep my eye out on. Although to be honest, I mean even uh, even Landry as well is kind of given the Ravens fits in a handful of games as well. Um, just from, you know, again, like kind of going back to not being able to tackle or, you know, he's had some yak against us. And I think it was that game in either late 2019 or uh, maybe early 2020, one of those games, uh, he did some damage against us. So definitely not something, someone to overlook, 
but you know the Ravens are definitely going to need to have all their corners uh, back uh, to be able to help uh, help in that department. Yeah, I think just to kind of echo off Peter too, where the big thing I think with this passing attack is um, not getting beat by ancillary weapons. I think that Landry will be pretty well handled by Marlin, and you know Hooper uh, will be relatively well covered I don't, he doesn't scare me and joku and, and honestly i think in joku is a better of the two tight ends he's mm-hmm. actually really improved his game uh good point i did i did forget about in joku i mean that's i mean it's fine yeah i mean it's weird to have uh, i guess two good tight ends uh, or like notable tight ends on a team and i think dpj despite my uh good vibes for him during the draft process i think he's been very inconsistent the reason he's inconsistent is he can definitely beat you on that one big play. It just matters if it happens or not. So kind of goes back to don't let these ancillary guys beat you Ravens. Make sure you got everyone covered and communicate well. So I think overall, I'm not worried about the passing attack, particularly with Baker's limitations. And um, it's really the running game and that offensive line that give you the most concern. Yeah. I, and I do also think that, that Baker is a wild card in this game. We've talked about how he's injured, how he's not playing particularly well, but Baker, he he usually brings it. He usually brings it to the games against Baltimore, kind of like Flacco always did against Pittsburgh, where it didn't really matter what else was going on, whether Flacco was having a particularly good set of games leading into the matchup or not. Uh, you always knew that Flacco was going to show up against Pittsburgh. And, and Baker, and he's thrown a lot of picks against the Ravens, but also a lot of, a lot of touchdowns. Um, made a lot of big plays against the Ravens' defense in the past. So, Again, you know, it doesn't seem like physically he's going to be able to do that in this game, but say whatever you will about his talent, there's no doubt that the guy the guy tries and he's he's a competitor. So, I'm not expecting him to have a big game, but I wouldn't be shocked if we're seeing this game be closer than we're expecting and it's because it would probably be because Baker is is performing better than we think that he's capable of at this point. So if we talk about the offensive line for the Browns, I think uh, everyone knew going into the season they had probably the best offensive line in the league. And a lot of that's uh, still played out. Wyatt Teller is an absolute force of nature, as in the show notes. uh, See some of these uh, pancakes that he's able to do. And um, he's also PFF's highest rated offensive lineman last year. So definitely, obviously, a really good player and able to spring holes. But he's not the only one on this offensive line unit. Yeah, I mean, you've got other guys like uh, Betonio, um, our left guard, J.C. Treader, center. Uh, Dredrick Wills has also had a, a pretty good season last year. I think he was a rookie last year. This will be his second year. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the Ravens are definitely going to have to be on their A game. It would definitely help, I think, if Brandon Williams was able to come back healthy. We could use him uh, as more defensive line depth as well. But yeah, I mean, uh, Calais Campbell and, and Justin Matabuke and, and Washington, all those guys up front are definitely going to have to have their hands full uh, to be able to clog those rushing lanes and uh, and keep Nick Chubb contained, as well as the linebackers too. I mean, we've been talking about how Patrick Queen's been having a pretty good group of games over the, the last couple of weeks. He and Bynes both, all those guys are really going to have to be on their A game to be able to get off these blocks and and make the tackle and just prevent Chubb from breaking off these big runs because we know he can do it against us. He's done it before. He could definitely do it again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're looking at this offensive line, the one spot where the Ravens might have uh, a shot at uh, maybe an easier time getting to the into the backfield and, and causing some pressure, 
uh, would be attacking the right tackle. Um, they've got in there right now due to injury to uh, some other other guys. Uh, Blake Hans, I believe, uh, was an undrafted from Buffalo, and then Cleveland picked him up last year, and he didn't play for the Browns until the playoffs last year. Kept him around for this season, and they've had to have him step in again due to injury. From looking over Browns media, uh, the they're hoping to get their guys back from injury eventually because uh, he's been inconsistent. And <laughs> according to one Browns podcast that I listened to, they are uh, quote terrified of the potential of this guy going up against Adafi Owe. Uh, we'll see what actually happens when the game uh, starts. See if the if the Browns uh, try and protect this guy with, with throwing a tight end or over there, um, as this team uses three tight ends uh, commonly, even more so than the Ravens do, I believe. Uh, so, yeah. But even with that, it's going to be a huge test for the front seven going against this offensive line, and will really, I think, you know be a, a, a great test for the rest of the season just to really see where this group is. We talked about they've done really well the past couple of weeks, but the competition hasn't really been top-notch that they've gone against. They're going up against a very hard offensive line to to defend, and it's we're really going to see how good they are with how well they perform against this group. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, you know, Aside from this also being a, a, a primetime game, uh, I, I really – I really like to kind of compare this uh, to the Kansas City game of just, um, you know, the Ravens going up against uh, an opponent that they really respect, um, one that, you know, pre- presents a lot of challenges for them. So, yeah, definitely hope that uh, that they're going to be there on their A game, especially, you know, playing in front of the home crowd as well. I think they're going to be fired up. Would love to see guys like uh, uh, Dafe and uh, and Houston and and Bowser. By the way, I don't. We didn't bring this up last game. Um, we did talk about Tyus Bowser having a good game against the Bears, but he's actually our leading. He's leading the Ravens in sacks at this point with four and a half sacks. Uh, Houston and OA with just behind him with four apiece. Uh, but all three of those guys, yeah, I think they uh, will need to step up and uh, take advantage of that matchup for sure. Nice. And another guy I want to have step up is. Uh Matabuke, I thought I saw some improvement. I saw him in the backfield a couple times, stuffing run plays in this last game. So I hope that he keeps improving and uh, having good games to to contribute to this defensive effort. When you look at the Browns' scheme, something to pay attention to is uh, they use a lot of play action and screens. They also like to go towards the middle of the field. One big thing, you know, using their strength of a uh, good offensive line is to also use unbalanced lines to create plays that way. And then also using Bryant as a fullback in some sets. Yeah. They, they go heavy a lot. Um, especially without OBJ and, and with, uh, the injury that, that Baker has. So, I mean, something the Ravens are, are pretty familiar with cause you know, some of the packages they run are similar. Uh, they're definitely not the same to what the Ravens do. Um, so again, I think, you know, you're, what you're looking at there is you're going to need big games from the defensive linemen, Campbell, Matabuke, Ellis are going to need to step up, uh, and really try and control the line. And, uh, I think it's going to be another, another big test for queen to see, you know, how much this guy's progressed. Um, this is a physical team. They're going to really try and attack, uh, these linebackers, their tackling is going to have to be 
uh, on point once again, like it's finally been these past couple of weeks. So I don't know if the Ravens have actually ever stopped Chubb. Yeah, Chubb, Chubb's had some big games against Baltimore. Uh, on Monday night last year, 82 yards, two touchdowns. Held, the Ravens held him decently week one last year. Uh, he only had 60 yards rushing, but that was on 10 attempts. He so still averaged six yards per carry. They just didn't go to him much in that game. 2019, obviously, he gashed the Ravens in the first meeting for 165 yards and three touchdowns. They did stop him, though, in the second meeting, 15 attempts, 45 yards, three yards per carry. So they, they've had difficulty with this guy and really only one game where they were able to get the better of him, at least from an efficiency standpoint. So that's like, we're talking about it already a lot. That's going to be a big matchup, and uh, it could be the make-or-break matchup for this game, really, if, again, if the passing game is not going to be what we're expecting from the Browns. Well, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. I know uh, one question I have, um, maybe you guys can fill in a little bit on this, is um, it seems like game to game, Browns defense is kind of, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. I know that they've been dealing with a few injuries. Uh, Denzel Ward, one of their top uh, young cornerbacks as well, has been in a few games, been out in a few. It seems like when he's in, things go very well. When he's not, things don't go so well. What do you guys think? Who's going to be healthy and, and who should we have to worry about in this matchup? I think Ward's an interesting guy. I think that he's someone that the Ravens will have to uh, keep an eye on of when he is on the field. You've noticed that the Browns' defense, they're a hard one to figure out. Um, They have some games where they've just gotten gashed this year. You look at giving up 47 points to the Chargers, 33 to to Kansas City, 37 to Arizona. These are good offenses, though, but they've also held held the Vikings to just – uh, seven points. They held the Steelers to 15, Broncos to 14, had a huge win, 41 to 16 over Cincinnati. But then the following week after that, lost 45 to seven to the Patriots. So I really haven't gotten, didn't get a chance to go into the weeds on exactly what's the difference in their good uh, performances versus their bad, because even though they've had some more good performances as of late, they had some good performances early in the season as well. It just honestly, it just looks to me like this is a defense that plays well against average to poor offenses. But when they play a real offense, with the exception being Minnesota, uh, they crumble. <laughs> I don't know if it's that simple, but from a high level standpoint, that's kind of what it looks like to me. If you look at the high level stats, you're looking at the eighth ranked um, pass defense and the seventh ranked run defense and just you know yards per game the team definitely has the ability to have hot and cold games like we saw the patriots who no one's going to say has a great offense put up 45 points against them um so you see like the big swings one stat we have here is that the browns defense has only given up 16 points or less for the last five games but the one time they didn't was like i said that 45 point game against new england so they find ways uh let up some big ones and that's not the only uh game of the year where they let up a lot of points yeah it, this unit is really interesting they, they've got a lot of talented players and when i'm looking at how the ravens might do against this team i'm looking more at the matchups i guess because as a whole it's kind of hard to figure out this unit um, but there's definitely some guys that the ravens need to keep an eye on who could cause uh some issues for this unit uh first and foremost is definitely miles garrett uh we have seen this year big al he has struggled against athletic defensive pass rushers. Well, guess who Miles Garrett is? Only the, the most ath- freakishly athletic uh, d- 
defensive pass rusher in the league currently. Uh, leads the league in sacks with, I believe, 13 right now. Four and a half of which came against Chicago. But still, you look at his game logs from this year, with the exception of week two, uh, the guys had either a, at least a sack or a tackle for loss in every game this season. He's making impact plays. You watch the film on him. Uh, the game's just too easy for him. It just Tackles cannot block this guy. Um, I know he's probably still a little infamous for uh, the helmet play with some fans rather than his play. He's actually really good. He is a monster, and I think the Ravens are going to have to give Villanueva some help here with Ricard or, or Tomlinson or, or Boyle if, if he's healthy enough for it because I could just see this going extremely poorly for the Ravens, and I'm sure they know that, and I'm sure they're going to have a plan. It's still going to be tough to, to contain this guy. Definitely. This is going to be a game where uh, we're going to miss Ronnie Stanley, a healthy Ronnie Stanley. I remember those matchups in 2019. It seemed like Stanley had no problem. None of, none of the guys on the offensive line basically had any problem with Miles Garrett. 2021 Ravens, definitely a different story. I'd be definitely curious to see how Boyle plays. I mean, overall, um, I, you know, I, I know we didn't talk about him in the Chicago recap, but he was definitely a, a piece that was uh, contributing, I think, in the run game a little bit, had a couple of key blocks. But I'm definitely more curious to see how uh, the Ravens want to use him if they do decide to use him as a uh, an additional pass protector on some of those sets. I think that would be interesting to kind of move him over there with uh, Villanueva if they want to. Yeah, besides just using extra men against Garrett, I think one of the big things is to let him pay for over-pursuing. So, um, you know, you can run right at him and see if he over-pursues in a set. Or you can also, uh, you know, use that uh, aggressiveness and try to roll the pocket away from him and uh, give Lamar a little extra time in the pocket. So I think there's some ways that they can use scheme to um, try to neutralize him as much as they can and give them... uh, because I think the biggest thing you can do for a player of that caliber is slow him down, right? I'm sure he'll have a sack. I'm sure he'll have big plays, but you're just trying to make him second guess, slow down, and not make as much impact as he possibly could. Definitely, yeah. Um, another guy that on defense, uh, not a not as intimidating, but a guy who's had a, a really good year. So we know that in the past the Ravens have had a huge amount of success throwing to Mark Andrews against this Browns defense. Uh, he's just had a monster game every time they've played. The Browns have not been able to contain this guy. Uh, they do have a new linebacker, new middle linebacker, Anthony Walker. They acquired from the Colts in the offseason. Cleveland fans are really pleased with this signing. He's come in right away and been a defensive leader for the clubhouse. Uh, he's a sideline-to-sideline tackler. Really great against the run. Struggles a little bit more against the pass. I mean, he's not bad, but certainly, you know, he's a better run defender than pass defender. So the Ravens, you know, he still might be someone they want to attack, but at the same time um, could be a guy that the Browns want to use to better uh, have a better scheme against Andrews. Where the Ravens can really have some success, from what I've seen, is attacking the Browns' safeties if they're able to. The safeties for the Browns have already given up eight touchdowns on the year. Uh, Harrison uh, has given up six, uh, including he, he definitely gave up one to um, Hunter Henry against New England. I did see that play. That was on him. Uh, so that might be some uh, matchup the Ravens really want to try and exploit is, um, you know, again, going after these linebackers and in particular to safeties with, with Mark Andrews. This could be another really big week for him. Yeah, I'll take that matchup any day of the week. Uh, Mark Andrews has always had great games against the Browns. 
would definitely like to see him continue this week and just uh, carve up that secondary. That'd be good to see. Yeah, the Browns this year definitely have struggled against good tight ends. So you have Kelsey, six for 76, two touchdowns. Fant, five for 39, so not as, not as good. And then Hawkinson, five for 61. So I definitely could see that uh, you know the good tight ends in the league have definitely been able to do something against uh, this defense, and we have one of the best ones in the league. So who's historically done it? And I think um, you know he had a good game last week against uh, the Bears. Didn't find the end zone. Hopefully this is a game where he can uh, put up some fantasy points, get some points for his team, and uh, lead him to victory. I certainly need his fantasy points, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but obviously the Ravens win before that is what we're hoping for. Yeah, as far as rushing the ball up front, yeah, the, the Browns primarily run a 4-3. Uh, and the, obviously we've already talked about Miles Garrett. He's very good against the run as well as against the pass. Um, they do have Jadavion Clowney. They signed him in the offseason. He is not really uh, up to full strength, playing through some injury. Um, you watch the tape on him, you can definitely tell he's not full strength. His footwork is not good and, and definitely looks slower than what you've come to expect from this guy. He's still somewhat effective in setting the edge. And really where the Browns have struggled a lot is with their interior linemen, uh, Malik Jackson and Malik McDowell, the, the two Maliks. It's really been leaving uh, Browns fans wanting, and teams have been having a lot of success rushing inside. So we'll see. Maybe this is a, a game where Latavius Murray gets a little more uh, carries than we saw last week and is able to to pound in between the center and guard and, and, and get some power inside runs. Um, I could see that being an area the Ravens might try and attack. Yeah, hopefully Lamar Jackson comes back healthy in this game. I think that obviously helps open up the running game. And I think this is going to be a good test for the Ravens. Obviously, like we said, they're a well-ranked run defense. If the Ravens are able to have some production here, it gives you the thought that they might be able to take it forward against other opponents. And at the run games, it's definitely uh, on the ascendancy. Yeah, definitely. Overall, I, this is a, <laughs> I think this is a really interesting game. Like we said, this Cleveland team is beat up. They're missing some key cogs, but they still got some other guys who are strong and still having good seasons. So... The Browns always see more often than not, even though the Ravens have, have vastly, you know, had the better of the two teams in this matchup for quite a while. It's rare that, that the Ravens are able to blow out the Browns. So I'm fully expecting something to happen where this game, maybe it seems like the Ravens get out to maybe they get out to a hot start, which is something actually I guess we should talk about. But I could see the Browns hanging around here. Um, and and maybe causing some trouble late. But I, I guess we do want to talk about that because that was a talking point that I think we completely forgot about um, with Huntley taking over for Lamar last week. Um, that just that the Ravens, obviously, we saw it against for three games in a row under, with Lamar, Cincinnati, Minnesota, uh, Miami, offense getting out to a slow start and making these games uh, more interesting than they need to be. Obviously, the offense had a slow start under Huntley as well, but that was expected with it being his first NFL start. Is this is this just a talking point, or do we think like this is really critical for the Ravens in this matchup that they need to get out to an early lead against this Browns to, to make this game easier on them? I mean, <laughs> like it is a talking point, and it isn't. I don't know. I mean, game flow matters, right? So... I mean, if the Ravens' defense is going to play as well as they have the last two weeks and uh, keep the Browns from scoring early on, I think it's fine. Slow starts don't matter. Lamar's going to eventually heat up. 
But yeah, I mean, if they don't score and then Chubb runs for an 80-yard touchdown and then they don't score again and then he does the same thing, then we're going to have problems. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I think I'm just I'm more concerned that Lamar is going to be back and healthy and practicing and, and all that good stuff. I don't think anybody knows what sort of virus he has at this point or you know whatever illness he has, but he needs to get healthy. <laughs> yeah, our buys forgot how to handle illness after a year inside. Um, with COVID. I truly do think that's a, a case. A lot of my friends have been getting sick again with like non-COVID things and you're just like, man, our uh, immune system, they got they got a little bit of a break if you were, were lucky enough to dodge COVID and now they don't know how to respond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so torn on it too because like it is a natural bodily thing, right? Of like, you know, you need to be exposed to some things to be able to build up immunity to it and everything. But then I'll, <laughs> my my cynical sort of take on it is also like, huh, we have these things called masks that you could wear to prevent getting certain things like this. But yeah, they, se- they seem to have done something. I, can't, I, <laughs> I know a lot of people want to tell you otherwise, but it does seem like maybe when everyone was wearing masks, that could actually be useful. Yeah. Anyway, we're we don't have to get in that discussion here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about football. We're not we're not uh, health experts here, but we are physics experts. Kinematics are a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not false. <laughs> oh man. But bottom line, though, yeah, Lamar. I I think. I mean, that is an interesting point, though, right? I mean, I think we're all assuming that Lamar is going to be able to come back for this game. Um, you know, it's still early on the week. We don't know. We'll probably find out in the next couple of days whether he's gotten better or not. If Huntley does have to start again, do do we do we have that conversation here? Does anything change if Huntley is starting for the second week in a row? I think Ravens win. I think the Ravens can win with Huntley. And the reason I say that is I uh, had some pretty good confidence in him after seeing what he did against the Bears. I mean, obviously the Bears, I think, are a little bit worse than the Browns here, and it was a close game, et cetera, et cetera. But I think he's good enough to perform, you know, and deliver constructive games. And there's playmakers, you know, if Hollywood comes back, it sounds like he was a close call. If he comes back and plays well, um, there's a reason to think that the Ravens could definitely pull it off. Um, obviously, you want the best player in the NFL on your side playing, but um, I think Huntley showed enough with the weapons there and the the coaches showed enough being able to scheme for it and put him in good spots to succeed that it, it could it could work. You know, I don't want to see this, you know, none of us want to see Huntley out there. Uh, it, it means bad things about Lamar, but um, I think uh, it was really good for his career and for the Ravens in general to see that they can win without him. And um, I think that's, that's just true. It requires more on defense. It requires more on offense. It requires everyone stepping up a, a bit, but it's definitely doable. Yeah. I think that that point you just made there is critical. Um, I, I think it, it really depends on how well the defense would perform in that situation uh, which, you know, if the defense plays like they did against Miami and against Chicago, then, then yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter if Sam Cook needs to step back there in quarter. Okay, maybe uh, that's going a little too far. Never mind. <laughs> Hunt, Huntley, he does bring some some unique traits to the table from the quarterback position. But, yeah, I mean, it, if Huntley has to go, I think it comes down to the defense it could have just been nerves from it being his first NFL start. I mean, we did see this guy tear it up in the preseason, but I just don't know if he's consistent enough if the Ravens get down big to be able to get them back into the game. Maybe he could. Maybe at that point we see kind of the the freewheeling Huntley that that had some success in, in some garbage time last year where he's just kind of just running all over the place and heaving it deep. So maybe that type of game flow would actually play into his skill set. But 
yeah, I, I really hope the Ravens don't have to put that to the test there. And hopefully that whoever's under center for the Ravens this Sunday night, the defense is there to make their job pretty easy. As you alluded to, Peter, that um, the Ravens are down now to only two quarterbacks as of this recording. Maybe they'll sign somebody, but um, Trace McSorley got claimed by the Cardinals. So um, hopefully that's not a damning thing to Murray and his uh, ability to come back soon. He's been a game-time decision for many games now and decide a no, which, by the way, is fascinating to me. Like, how can you be a game-time decision three weeks in a row? <laughs> like, sure, surely you got a little bit better. Like that's Or that's just, like, super-duper concerning for him and his injury. Sounds like uh, Klingsbury needs to be a little bit closer, uh, not give away as many details on the injury report as, you know, like Harbaugh. If Harbaugh <laughs> would do that with Lamar, he'd just be like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> you say that for three weeks in a row, you don't uh, you don't give people the false impression that he's ready to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it looks, it looks, just back to the Cardinals quickly, it looks like McCoy uh, is hurt as well. So that must be why they, they had to pick up a quarterback. If Trace plays for them, that'd be so wild. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's an interesting thing to pay attention to. Obviously, it's not the most uh, important news, so to speak, for the Ravens, but uh, definitely keep an eye on what they're going to do with the quarterback situation here, if they're going to bring in another player or, or what it is that they do. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully they can just uh, roll with Lamar and Huntley, and they'll be healthy and prosperous. So let's go into our bold predictions. Last week was a disaster, but for reasons that we did not know, going into the creation of said bold predictions, I said 400 yards for Lamar. He got zero. Uh, two picks for Justin Fields. That was the closest one to actually happening, but Fields got injured. And then Bateman and Hollywood get 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, it was all on Bateman. That was a lot to ask. He did not do that. So <laughs> we proceed in week 12 against Cleveland at home, primetime game. With our predictions, I'll start it off and say that Mark Andrews gets two touchdowns. He is uh, continuing his streak and is dominant in this game. So for my score prediction, looking at it right now, the Ravens are a four-point favorite at home with an over-under of 46, which is really low. But I guess kind of makes sense given the state of the offense for the Browns. I'm going to go ahead and uh, kind of throw this out the water, act like I never saw it. I'm going to say the Ravens win 28-17. to 17. Nice, nice. That would be a, a great Sunday night if both those things happen. Uh, for me, um, so I know we talked up Miles Garrett a lot on this podcast. Um, interestingly, though, the Ravens, they've done a very good job at defending this guy in his career. He only has one and a half sacks against the Ravens. He has not uh, registered a sack against the Ravens in the past four meetings that they've had. Uh, now, granted, of course, the offensive line was in better state in those matchups, but, you know, I'm still going to say I still think this is bold given the fact that we've seen Villanueva really struggle against more athletic uh, defensive ends this year. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Ravens uh, scheme up a way to keep Garrett uh, sacks off the stat sheet. He'll get no sacks against the Ravens. And for score prediction, I don't know how it happens. The games against the Browns as of late have really been weird. 
somehow the Browns are going to make it interesting at some point. I'm going to give it a weird score. I'm going to say the Ravens win 26-24. Nice. Two good bull predictions. I will remind our listeners, uh, in terms of bull predictions, we're not doing too well overall this year, <laughs> uh, especially myself. I have not gotten a single bull prediction this year. Uh, Peter's gotten one in week, back in week six, and Alec has had two in week two and week five, respectively. So that being said, I'm just going to throw one out on the wall and see if it's six anyway. Um, you guys can let me know if it's not bold enough or not. But um, I, I actually I, don't even think Alex is very bold at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it's kind of bold. I feel like it doesn't happen that often, dude. <laughs> admittedly, I, I was going to choose the same exact thing. I, I'm really <laughs> interested. I feel like this is deja vu. I think this happened the last time Ravens and Browns met up. I think Alex said, made the same prediction that Mark Andrews is going to get two touchdowns. And I said, Mark Andrews always gets multiple touchdowns against the Browns. It's not bold. <laughs> All right. So the first one, I said Lamar QBR uh, of 120. That was me. And, I, I did Mark Andrews two touchdowns. Uh, okay, it was you. There it is. There it is. <laughs> we have a document. And listeners, there's the document's always been linked in the show notes. So if you ever want to take a look at it you can see it with all of our random scribbles uh our bold predictions for the last three seasons are all documented in in fairness (laughs) i don't think i don't think andrews has had a multiple touchdown game this season yet and given the fact that there's more receiving options on this team i i think you take into that in consideration it is bold it has been deemed bold (laughs) the bold czar has come down and spoken to us he says bold all right, that one's locked in. All right, well, with mine, I'll, I'll throw this one out here. So, I, I I do like the I like the matchup here. I like the what the Ravens were able to do last week against Chicago with the running game. It kind of made that a point of emphasis with Huntley in there. Uh, I still think Nick Chubb is probably going to get more rushing yards, but I'm going to say that while Chubb gets more rushing yards than Freeman and Murray, or uh, you could just say running backs on the Ravens side, because uh, maybe we might see Tyson season, or maybe not. Um, I think Ravens running backs are going to end up with more touchdowns than Chubb. So I'll say, yeah, Ravens running backs, more touchdowns than Chubb, but Chubb still wins in yardage. I can see that. Um, I do think the Ravens are going to try, you know, prevent as well as they can him from scoring on the ground. But I think because he's just so good, it, he's, he's going to win the yardage. Uh, in terms of score predictions, I, I, like I said I, I, at the beginning, I think, I still feel good about the Ravens to win this one, even though I, I know it's going to be on the elevator. Um, I just I feel it in my heart every week. It's it's just going to be a nail biter game. Um, I feel pretty good about it just because of of the status of Baker and how he's going to play. Uh, Fulmars is going to be able to come back. I feel really uh, a lot better about this game. So I'm going to say um, probably thirty. I'll say thirty twenty six Ravens. Before we end the show, stack correction. Mark Andrews uh, saw the end zone four times in the fourth quarter against the Colts. Two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. He has had a multi-touchdown game this year. <laughs> Just making sure we <laughs> don't give true. out fake news on this podcast. No fake news on this podcast. On that note, do we want to take this to Twitter to see if Alex's uh, uh, prediction is bold enough? We can make a poll. <laughs> Let the people decide. <laughs> hey, I, re- I respect that. You should ask uh, the people. Um, I'll wait, wait until, wait till the after the episode is released, at least, at least uh, 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I like that. It's a good poll. <laughs> All right, guys. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Ravens Recap. Lots of fun talking about this big primetime game against a divisional opponent. Hopefully, the Ravens come out on top. If you're going to the game, definitely let us know. 
it'd be great to say hello. Uh, I'm hoping to at least be there and uh, supporting the flock. You can reach out to us, Ravens underscore recap on Twitter or via email feedback at ravensrecap.com. Go Ravens. Let's get that dub and improve to eight and three.